The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen-shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deek speaking. Everyone relax. This is Toe Fox. Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Faux Fop. I'm Will Anderson and guest Charlie Clawson. Lindsay Webb is here. I just asked you off air, uh, did you think it was okay that my heart was beating in my ear? <laughs> I don't know what just happened. I was about to start the podcast I'm trying and to in my it. ear, my heart just started beating. I could hear my heart beating in my ear. That's got to be a symptom of something, surely. Uh, super hearing. Really? You may be But I can only hear my own heart. Well, that's how it starts. Really. Right. Super hearing starts from within. <laughs> starts from the heart. Yes. Yeah, that's where... <laughs> you've, you've got to want to hear really well. Right. And believe that you can. So I think maybe you've just... You're developing super hearing. Well, the other thing that I was going to say is my heart didn't sound that healthy. Oh. Well, like it had a beat of three. And then there was a bit of a gap. And then it, it was like a, four in a row. It could that be a cry for right. help. <laughs> Should we be quiet and listen for a second? Can you hear through the mics? If anyone at home sounds like there's a heart beating in the background, that is not a special effect. You may be hearing that through my ear. Is there a doctor listening? Maybe, yeah, right. If there's a doctor listening, give us a call now. Particularly if you're a time... If Doctor Who is listening... And you're listening to this in a TARDIS and you can travel. In fact, yeah, he's got two, right? He's got a spare heart. He does. How good would that be if right now the doorbell of this apartment (laughs) rang and Doctor Who was there um, just holding his heart in his chest? Oh, be quite nice. Well, gruesome-ish, but nice. It'd be nice to meet Doctor Who, though. Totally, totally. Mm. I'm, I'm up to speed, by the way. Oh, you're up to you, – you've watched them all now because yes. the other day when we were talking, uh, you well, you were just getting through the last few episodes of oh, this latest series and boy. I was inspired by that conversation and came home that night and watched uh, oh, the did. 50th episode again. You said you're going to. Yep. <laughs> what, what a great episode. Ah, uh, you know what? The more I watch it, the more I fucking love it. Oh, man. There's a lot of people that don't like it. Oh, Those man. people can get fucked. Oh, totally. And then they can travel back in time. And do it and again. I will tell, and they can fuck themselves. <laughs> you can go back in time to yourself and go fuck yourself, literally. Oh, and over again. It's great. In a quantum loop. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I, yeah. I, I loved it. And I also watched... Uh, it's funny. It's interesting. The resolution, like the... the it- it, those characters, like when you see them, you know, with the war doctor, with John yeah. Hurt, and you see... John what, Hurt, what a performance, by the way. Oh, he was fucking <sighs> cracking, wasn't he? Man. And I never thought that Billy Piper was particularly hot. Right. But as an apparition, yeah. I don't think she's I that find hot. her hot as an apparition. But she's a great character in that show. Yeah, yeah, really good. And coming back as Bad Wolf was brilliant. Oh, I loved all that sort of oh, stuff. Oh, 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 spoilers, oh, by the way. Oh, but sorry, like, sorry, if you're not, spoilers, sweetie. If you're, up not, if you're not up to date, seriously, <laughs> on Doctor Who, don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> you know it's going to come up. <laughs> you knew. I'm alive and watched the Batman movies and I haven't it's, watched Doctor Who. Well, fucking it, find it, another podcast to pa- listen pause to. Pause this now. <laughs> catch up and right. come back. Yeah, you know what? This is a podcast. You don't have to listen to it live. It's fine. You can't unless you're here. Right. That's good. Oh, so, That's yeah, a no, good point. I really, really loved it. And uh... um, Yeah, but I loved how it kind of explained why those – like at, I loved at the start how disgusted he was with how flippant and young and ridiculous they are. But you yeah. get a real justification of – like by meeting him. Absolutely. You're like, well, they didn't want to be like that. Talk about a dark past, hey? Right. The one Ooh. who regrets and the one who forgets. Like okay. I thought that was such a – it's such a beautiful line, but it sums up the darkness at the heart of those characters, but why the they kind hearts. of – Yes. Well, the darkness of the two hearts <laughs> and also maybe in the ear. I don't fucking know. Is it gone? Can you still – It seems to be gone at the oh, moment. Okay. I'm doing that thing you do on a plane where you just – Oh, yeah, yep, yeah. that thing. I know what you mean. Yep. You fish out of water. <laughs> no, that would, I probably, I probably could have been a bit more descriptive. You do a lot yeah, of things. I, I got you. What are you doing? Are you eating shit food? Watching a movie? Clenching your jaw? Trying to, uh, <laughs> trying to get the armrest off the person next to him? What is he I talking that. about? It's a shit game. Yeah. You, what is your rule on the armrest? Uh, well, I, I try and just use one. That's my rule. I go as right. long as I've got one armrest, I'm pretty happy. Well, the problem is that normally there's like. 
there's an odd amount, isn't there? There is. Right, because if there was like a, it's like your Tim Tams. Like it's <laughs> yes. the wrong amount, That's right? That's right. There's, like there's, there's always going to be one that you have to fucking fight over. Absolutely. And it's a bit with, uh, like that with armrests. It is, isn't it? They should take one out. Just have have one in the middle seat. Yeah, they should have a love seat. One either side of the ones on the outside. Like they have at the movies sometimes, <laughs> you know, where people can go and make out. Yes. If you're a couple, you can get sure. a love seat. Get the love seat on the plane. This couple started making out next to me on my flight back from... Denver, I think it was. Really? Uh, at New Year's. And I was uh, I was like uh, by the window. Mm-hmm. And then so there's a couple sitting next to me, like in the other two seats. Right. And uh, mid-flight, they Hello. just started, how you going? <laughs> just, they started going for it. Wow. Well, I'm mean, not going for it, but like like going for it more than you should be going for it while sitting next to another person in a plane seat. Were you just loving the window for that bit? Like, oh, look out the window until well, it steamed I, up. I don't know why. Like, because it wasn't even like I was asleep or I was right. engrossed in anything. I was probably reading a book. I think I was reading a book. Huh. So they were. Uh, hello. Right. How, but just kissing, right? Just, you know. Kissing, but a lot of like uh, like his, his leg. Uh, oh, not his leg. <laughs> no, his leg. Spasmodic movement. Spazzy leg. No, <laughs> no offence, by the way. I meant spasming. Yeah. Spasming yeah, leg. I think that's not, right. Yeah, I think people understand what racist. I meant by that. That was <laughs> not meant to be racist. <laughs> I could have that wrong. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Um, I no, he, his hand was going up her skirt or whatever she had on. Wow, yeah. Did, no, do you was... think they were a couple before the flight took off? Oh, you know what? That happened to me once on a plane. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast, but uh, this girl sat next to me mm-hmm. uh, on a plane from Melbourne to Sydney. Happens, and uh, it turned out that she had been getting. It was a late night flight, maybe on a, like a Saturday or Sunday night, like you know, one of those. I think Sunday night, like probably the last flight out yeah, of Melbourne right. was Sunday night, right? And uh, she was liquored up. She'd Hello. obviously been drinking, and it turned out that she'd swapped seats so that she could sit next to me. Uh, but I did not know that at the time. That's a missile. Right. Incoming. Right. So she's licking up, and then Great. mid-flight, she starts, it's, it's a bit turbulent. Oh. And so she says to me, um, can you hold my hand? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, this yeah. is like. As long as you don't touch my part of the armrest. Right. So I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, well, my arm's already on the armrest, so if you want to lay your hand okay. on the armrest, then you can do that. I'll share. Right. So, um, yeah, no, so she made me hold her hand. Well, not made me, but. But, you know, um, required. Yes, yeah, asked me to. Mm. And because uh, I thought she was really nervous. So I thought, well, that's polite. Like, you Calm know, she's down. really, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm a cool flyer. Good on you. I'm happy to do that. You're a Whatever. Person. Um, then she spilled her drink in her crotch and she tried to make my hand touch how wet it was. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's when I felt like it crossed the line. That's, yeah, just right That's that when point. I went. <laughs> right, just there. I was like, you know what? hand, sure. <laughs> so hold your hand. It's a bit turbulent. I've on but it wasn't s- turbulent enough that you've dropped a drink in your crotch. Wow. And now, I look, I know it's damp. I can tell because I've dropped things on myself before. If you drop water on yourself, <laughs> yeah. it's wet. It's wet. I can remember yeah. feeling something wet. I don't need to have my hand in your I, crotch. I've got, I've got a feeling she's just done pretty good research and, and, and knows you quite well and thought, what are two things? that he likes, I'll just put them together. Wet crotches? This, this will work. <laughs> <laughs> Alcoholic beverage and crotch. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I mean... When and you held your it, hand so you couldn't run away. When you put it like that. <laughs> like if she'd actually picked it, like she'd gone, look, I got on your Facebook page and I saw <laughs> saw your interests, your likes. I couldn't get one of the guys from the Western Bulldogs here or Doctor Who. So instead... I've got the I've, gin and tonic. <laughs> I've, I've, I've bought a gin and tonic on my crotch. <laughs> and my, my crotch is going to be really fun right now. About Two o'clock in the morning, it's going to be crying. It's going to be crying in the corner. But you don't have to see me at two. So. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. Did you uh, request to go to a different seat? Did no, you, no, I didn't. How do you deal with that? Ah, uh, you know what? She was just drunk and kind of being flirty. So I think. Flirty? You know. <laughs> flirty. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I called over the flirt attendant. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> no, um, she, uh, after that, when I didn't touch her on the crotch, she kind of, you Good know. Good call too. Well yeah. Played. So then we like, we, we just chatted. She did uh, try Must to. Must have been uncomfortable for her in more ways than one. <laughs> I mean, what would I say if I called someone on? Excuse me, I've made her crotch really wet. Uh, cool. <laughs> now I'd like to leave. Can I get a different seat? Can I sit somewhere else? <laughs> 
that worked on Virgin. <laughs> I um no, I just uh, oh, she did offer me a ride. She had a driver. Yes, she, <laughs> that's what she was saying. Uh, she had a driver from the airport, so she she did offer me like I could have taken the car right. with her, but I, well, I just I just took a taxi. She would have had another drink waiting. <laughs> <laughs> just the just the driver with a water pistol. <laughs> Stage two, Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> Sherlock Holmes or like Homie? No, like just Holmes. Uh, that's his name. He's oh, that's English. his name. He's an English. He's an English guy. Butler. He's a chauffeur. A butler. Yeah. <laughs> he's a butler. Yeah. Jeeves. Yeah. Oh, Jeeves. Jeeves. He's related to Jeeves. Yeah. Okay. Young from the same family. Mm. Yeah. 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 Same Holmes. last name. Holmes came out here. Yeah. Uh, so, Lindsay, uh, what's been going on with you? We're in Brisbane at the moment. Yeah. Uh, at the beautiful Emporium Hotel. We've recorded the podcast here before. Lovely. We have. Yep. In fact, in this room, I think. Yeah, I think it's a familiar room. Yeah. This, yeah. I think this is the second time on this tour where I've, like, so when I was in Adelaide, yes. I stayed in the exact same room I was staying in last year. Oh, by the gods, I've just realised you're about to pull the trifecta. Oh, I am too, because in Melbourne, I know I'm staying in the same room in the hotel, because in Melbourne, I actually requested it. Just jump forward. That's probably the one where it'll fuck up. Oh, no. I loved that apartment last year. So um, people might remember me talking about that, but it was, uh, it's not the, like, Flash's place in the entire world. It's the unserviced apartment. Right. Remember that? So it was great because it has the best view of Melbourne. It has this wraparound balcony. It's up the top of this building, and it's really close to my venue, which is, like, my favourite thing is being at my, like... Proximity. Right. Mm-hmm. Watching 45 minutes before the show. <coughs> then I wander down. From your balcony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. I have binoculars and I watch the footy. And Eddie had all the G. Yeah. That's how good this balcony is. Brilliant. Right? Yeah. Uh, but yes, last time I was in that apartment, I had washed something with uh, my towels and my towels had turned blue. Absolutely. And the apartment hadn't been serviced for about a week and a half. Mm. And you did suggest to me the other night <laughs> that would it not be hilarious if I went back there next week and the towels are still blue. Here's your towels, Mr. Anderson. Yeah, yeah they really are mine. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> Rub it in. But they're a lighter shade of blue because yeah. they've been used for a year. Yes. <laughs> so they're fading. They're coming back. But they're still, yeah, they look like tie-dye. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So, yes, I am going back there. I think this is the original room that we saw the uh, motorbike rider doing a massive jump into a vagina. Yes. Now, that might sound a bit weird out of context, <laughs> but there was that. So if, when we look out this window, which we can actually look out because the curtains are open here, um, they're just down there on, on the left-hand side, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's where. Right. Was and uh, it was a giant poster for a sexpo, I think, or yeah, one of those sort of events. Was it where a girl was like sort of? Was it basic, that or was it crusty demons of dirt or something? No, no, no. Well, so was, this is well, this is what I'm going to say. It was two posters. That's right. This is what people, yeah, you got to remember. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think one was for crusty demons of dirt. So it was a dude on a motorbike I'd flying it into through one the poster. air. <laughs> You're like, what was that advertising? <laughs> What what was that show where a motorbike drove into a woman's vagina? Why did I not go and see that? I mean, it seems like it's got to be a feminist statement, right? Because otherwise, she was furious. <laughs> I mean, I hope she spilled a few drinks there first. Um, I hope that's not a terrible thing to say. Uh, we did not invent this, uh, but yes. So there was a a, a, a um, what a, a guy on a motorbike who'd just yes. come off a ramp. He was flying Huge, through the air, big fly. and it happened to be next to that's a right. poster of a girl who was down on sort of all fours in a sexy pose, as you'd imagine an ad for sex pose. Sex would be. would be, yeah. And it looked like he was flying. <laughs> it really did, right? Well, you know. Or if I guess if you look the other way, it looks like she had just shot him, shot him out. <laughs> which I guess we can't believe we didn't oh think my that. God. Uh, well, the good news is it's a boy. Yeah. The bad news is he was on a motorbike <laughs> and he was dressed in leathers. Oh, I know who oh, the yeah. dad is. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God. If he'd come out in a rugby league jersey, Ooh. there would have been some questions <laughs> asked at home. <laughs> Right. This is terrible. I, I apologise to anybody who's offended by any of that. Oh, well, I don't think you We don't mean it in a bad way, of course. No, the, the, you know, he's doing fine now. It was purely just about how hilariously. Big, bad, bad planning. Okay, I, 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 let's go with something like cute. Right. I've got a little story here so that I got, got out of the newspaper. The I ripped it out of the paper. And um, and I just thought this would be nice. It's, it's You know it's going to be nice, Lens, because up the top of it, 
it says the light side of life and then it's got a big smiley face. Oh, a little emoticon. Yeah, a little, yeah look yeah. at that. Let yeah. you know to be happy when you start reading this. Yeah, in the newspaper. Oh, oh, oh hang on. So I shouldn't be concerned about this uh, kitten picture? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> good. All right. Oh, good. It's the light side of life. Bolt should have used some of those smiley faces before some of his stories. So... British, uh, by the way, Bolt. Yeah, sorry. Andrew Bolt. For people who don't know Andrew Bolt, are the international listeners uh, who've had not had the pleasure. Uh, he's our, you know, Bill O'Reilly or Rush Limbaugh or whoever yeah. the equivalent is, the, the kind of conservative right-wing shock jock. And he was convicted of race of racial vilification. I don't want to get it. that. I but think it that's was, correct. He was convicted under one of the race laws that they're currently trying to change, you know, because of that. So anyway, so... He's big. One of the things that he has been famous for, he has. Look, here's the thing: Andrew Bolt has this idea that he's not a racist because he says, "I think all races should be treated completely equally." Right, and in theory, it's a great idea. Like if we were all starting the world now at exactly the same place from today, like, and we're all equal, and we all have the same amount of opportunity like in the world. Reset on the world. Yeah. And we yeah. all, everything gets divided up and we all get our own amounts and, yeah. like, you know, whatever. It's great. Fucking fair enough. Yeah. That is a great theory. It's a good theory. It's an awesome theory. It's a great thing to think. Yeah. But mostly when the world isn't like that, it's a great thing for the people who are white men, which is yes. what Andrew Bolt is, which is what I am, Correct. which is what you are mostly. I, yes. Yeah. Well, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Right, you know. Well, no, no, but you're, you know, you have some, like, uh, indigenous blood in yes, you. Yes, that's right. Right? Yep. You're the sort of person that Andrew Bolt would hate because he doesn't like people who identify as no. being indigenous. Not that you do. No, he but doesn't. he doesn't like people who identify as being indigenous if they have paler skin. Which is a bit narrow, isn't it? Right. Really. But also, it's like one of those things of what does it matter to you? If someone wants to, you know, respect their heritage and exactly. you know, learn from it, it and hurt him remember in any way, it. Does it? No. And as a white man, it's very hard to decide what is racist. Mm. Because like we're the guys, like if you've ever seen the stall gift, you know, that race yes. where everyone starts, it's handicapped. Absolutely. It's a handicapped running race. Yeah. Yeah, okay, we're the guys right up the front. We're the guys, there's no one in front of us. Sure. So it's like it's it's a bit hard for us to say. We're you on know, the head start of the corner already. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, anyway, so the, the, he's, you know, he's one of those typical media bullies who always picks on people who are less powerful than him, He right? runs at every boundary, doesn't he, to just right. try and stretch it that little bit. Yeah, and look, it's one of those things where uh, there was this great thing on The Simpsons and it got quoted a lot in relation to Andrew Bolt, which is he might not be racist, but he's number one with racists. <laughs> yeah, that's, Do you a, mean? that's quite apt. Right. Yeah, yeah. Even if he's not racist, no. a lot of the people who comment on his blog, a lot of people who ring his radio station, yeah. a lot of people who respond to him, and are, like, led by him, they're racist. He, he certainly fans that fire, right. doesn't he? And he does it, yeah. I think, intentionally and provocatively because yeah. that's how he earns his living. Absolutely. And everything's the left that is to the left of him, which is still to the right of most people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. he would be terrible at doing the time warp. He'd just be going on one, terrible. Side, one side of the stage. Like, everything is the... He's the guy doing the nut bush while everyone else is doing right. the time warp. And he's also, like, ironically, for a guy who doesn't want to talk about, like, you know, uh, you know, races and all those sort of things, you know, uh, he's a guy who loves to label people, loves to say, you're this and you're that. Yeah, that's and true. And ignore the fact that people are complex and, and have varied... He does doesn't have as many pigeonholes as he needs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, anyway, uh, so this week he had a massive sook and for, <laughs> like all big bullies, he, he can dish it out but he can't take it. Yeah. Right? That's what it looks like. So I've been tweeting a lot about <laughs> it. Like I've been doing a, like a lot of jokes about it because that's my favourite thing. You know, as a comedian, I think our job is to bully the bullies. Sure. You know. Or at least expose them for what they're doing. Right. You know. Like, I mean, this is a guy who makes his living bullying people. Yeah. Like, you know. He's pro. He's gone pro. Right. Exactly. Yeah. He asked for it. That's right? right. Yeah. And I'm just telling the jokes. But man. Just, just joking. His fans have come out of the woodwork. They obviously have Kicking some. off at you. Oh, uh, they obviously have some sort of thing where, like, they uh, like tell each other. Right. Because none of these people are following me on fucking Facebook. Oh, there'd be forums for sure. Yeah, it, yeah. But you can tell because I post something and it sits there for like you know maybe an hour, an hour and a half, mm -hmm. and it gets like like I, one thing the other day got like two thousand likes from. Like people who are, you know, fans of mine yeah. who read my Facebook and page Amanda, who are like, sort of stuff. nice yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, about an hour later, hello. Bang! Because they've obviously just gone, get out of the pack, guys. <laughs> yeah. Come right. on. Right. And so then I. Numbers, cause, numbers. Because to me, I don't give a fuck about some Andrew Bolt fan saying something no. nasty to me. You because the minute. fact that you like Andrew Bolt <laughs> means that all your opinions are completely wrong. <laughs> so if you like Andrew Bolt and you hate me, 
I'm doing something right. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. This is actually, you are essentially reassuring me. That I'm on the right if path. If you can't smell, if you start saying racist shit and you hate me, I could not be happier. It's it's reiteration, isn't it? It seriously is me going, yeah. okay, Ando, everything's fine. Brilliant. These people don't like you. <laughs> the worst thing that you could do is be that person and go, oh, you are really talking to me, Will. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd kill myself. <laughs> so the more they do it, like, I mean, you've got to play really with it. a good point. So really I did I did do one tweet because this was my favourite thing, which is, again, like, it's provocative, but I enjoyed doing it so much, which was I said if you were doing a Venn diagram of the <laughs> yes. Andrew Bolt fans that have contacted me and a Venn diagram of people who don't know which are there to use and how to spell there, you would only see one circle. I loved it. That is <laughs> literally the thing that they have in common is that they love Andrew Bolt and they think that he is sticking up with the little people, which he's not. He's a rich white person who works for Rupert Murdoch. He, he's not doing it for home from, from home for free, no. is he? No, you know. this is the worst thing about people not like Robin Ant- Hood. This, well, the thing about Andrew Bolt that I despise and people like him that I despise is they use the most – poor and most underprivileged Mm. in society and they whip them into a frenzy. Absolutely. But they're not trying to help them. No, no. No, they're trying to protect Rupert Murdoch, his big boss, who's telling you that someone's floating in on a boat to take what you have so that we don't look at Rupert Murdoch and go, hang on, aren't you a rich guy who owns all the newspapers and is telling us that we should be worried about a poor person coming here to... Should we be angry at you? Yeah. Oh, here's something for free. Oh, beauty. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. footy poster. Woo-hoo. Oh, free sex boat tickets. Oh, they are awesome. Oh, it's a really good sex boat. <laughs> a woman shoots a motorbike rider out of her vagina. Great. I can't wait for Andrew Bolton to blog about it. As long as it's a woman from our country or she'll be shot out of the vagina to Christmas Island. <laughs> Late. Anyway, I've been provoking them, but I've been enjoying it. Good on that. you. You know, they they should be both sides of of it provoked. I think if someone's going to use uh, emotions and people's and people's thoughts and wants as a provocative tool to sell papers and be popular as a person, right. then why shouldn't other people push the complete opposite to expose what's happening at a grassroots level in a major corporation? Or one of the things that? one of the things I find most hilarious about it is when they accuse me. Of like right. you know, bullying him, or but I was like, yeah, I'm bullying the like yeah. most read, like most published. Like he has his own fucking TV show. He has his own like. You can't bully him. No, like you know. No, it's impossible. He has to do that. Millions of fans. And the thing that shits me is the people he goes after the most. You know the the indigenous people, the uh, refugees, like the boat people, all this sort of stuff. The people who he is kicking, they don't have a voice. What would be? You know, they don't have their own newspaper. No, not at all. Surprisingly enough, when they've been fleeing persecution in somewhere we're probably at war at, and then having to flee their country to lay on a boat, they haven't taken any of that time to to start their own newspaper empire. Not at all. We, I mean, do should've. we want them in our country if they're not going to make an effort? <laughs> Come on. Bring a paper at least. Mate, if they wanted to be rich like Rupert Murdoch, then they would have tried hard like Rupert Murdoch to be born into a media family <laughs> and inherit a media empire and then build on that. But they didn't fucking try that. And that's difficult. Mate. But, but achievable. If they really wanted to work in Australia, they would have done what Gina Reinhart did and be born into a mining empire. I mean, she worked hard to be born into that mining Absolutely. empire, mate. Yeah. Oh, but maybe some I'm people... not saying that Rupert Murdoch or Gina Reinhart haven't worked hard for their success, no, by the way. No. What I'm saying is like the as is my original example. They started on the we corner with a head start at the same didn't place. They? Yeah. You exactly. can't say that someone who's starving in some country or whatever should just work harder and get there that way. And get there that way. It doesn't ridiculous. work like that. Why doesn't why doesn't the, the sort of thing like if if Bolt has such a, you know, a big following and such a voice and people really take on what he's got to say, why don't people a la Andrew Bolt do things that are progressive and, and, you know, bring things to the floor that are popular, that people do want changed. And rather than whipping up low socioeconomic people into a frenzy to keep themselves afloat, wouldn't they still be popular if they were doing something quite positive? Is Fear is our most powerful motivator. Right. You know, fear. That idea, it's much easier to motivate somebody by, you know, telling them the bad consequence of what is going to happen than the positive. Right. I think it's possible to do it the other way. I'd I love cer- to think so. I, I certainly I, I think. Really, I'd like it. I certainly think in my career, Lindsay, one of the things that I've tried to do as an like an adult in my career that I wasn't maybe as successful at doing early on, yeah. is 
include everyone in the success. That my success is as much the success of the person who works at Token, who books right. the venue for the gig, yeah. the person who does my poster, the person who arranges for the tickets to go on sale, so the, the person who gets me the drink. Yeah. You know, like everyone... Like for me to be able to do my job properly, which is just the bit from when I start talking mm-hmm. to when I finish talking, yeah. so many people are involved in that process. Absolutely. When I'm in that TV studio on that day and I have to be in charge of that entire room, yes, in that moment, like I've got to be in charge. Absolutely. But you can get a better performance out of everybody by saying that we're all in this together That's and encourage really people and sweep them up in it. You don't want to yell at someone. No. Someone said to me once, and it was about a makeup person and – um, someone had been short with a makeup person or something like that. Oh, yeah. And someone said to me, remember, it's everyone's day at work. They're at work too. Yeah. You know, they go into work and how Absolutely. their day goes will depend at least partly on what you're like yeah. when you sit in their chair, right? Sure. If you're nice and it's fun company and they look forward to, you know, Tuesday when you come in. Everyone's having fun. Everyone's having fun. Absolutely. And I bet you they're going to do a better job on your makeup and it's I bet you they're going to make sure you look good. And yeah. Maybe so, even help you a little more than they needed to for their money that they're yeah. getting paid. So I don't think that you have to be one of those people that, you know, some no. people think that you have to yell at people or you have to like, you know, I think it's more powerful when you do get angry if you're not normally angry. Oh, yes. Like if something really does go wrong and, yeah. and you need to be angry. Or stern. Or stern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, just really sure. <clears throat> make the point. That is much more powerful because if you don't normally right. do that and when it happens, people go, this doesn't normally yep. happen. So this is serious. But it's not as – the problem with the left – and again, the people who've listened to me talk about politics on this podcast know that my stuff is all over the place. Like socially I'm very progressive. There's no doubt about that. But I draw my lines in places as well and, you know, I'm a person who, you know, expects people to – like pay money to come and see my stand-up shows. Like I have a nice house. I'm not living outside the oh, you know, capitalist system or no, anything like that. No, you, like, you don't pull any bones about that, though. No. Um, so uh, I think the left are terrible at uh, – it's much – okay, here's what I would say. It's much easier to just be 100% about something and get people motivated. Yes. Someone's coming here to take your job. Sure. It's so that's much, the fear element. Right. Okay. Or just a simple statement that, like, like yeah. you know, the reason you don't have money is these bloody doll bludgers oh. who are taking your money. Oh, I'm getting angry. Right. It's easy to understand. Right. And it's easy to motivate people, yes. I think. I, I think that I a agree. lot of the issues of the left are so complex. And because they don't want to be, like, black and white about things, because you want to discuss, well, you know, I think that we should take a certain amount of... Yeah, what do you want? And we want to have a chat about it. Yeah. <laughs> what do we want? A myriad of issues. <laughs> Many of them conflicting. <laughs> And we can't decide on anything. Where have you gone? Not even this chant. They've left. <laughs> so it's a good point. They, they they often say, and I'm not sure this is 100 percent right, but that the skill of the right is implementation. But most of their ideas they try to implement are terrible for society. Yeah. And the the problem with the left is they have a lot of great ideas, but they are terrible at getting shit done. <laughs> no way to right? put any of them together. Exactly. Yeah, right. And that's why we all get fucked in the end by we both of them. We should create a middle party. Right. Well, that's what people always say. But mm. And I, I mean, guess the Greens are kind of middle. They're c- kind of. Well, with I the, mean. With a skew towards, you know. So then you get into the debate about the idea of the Greens. And for me, I was always a person that I was very sceptical about the Greens because, A, while I agree with them on a bunch of issues, there is also as many of their issues that I don't agree with that I think that some of their like because you know growing up on a farm for example yes like you know some of the things that the Greens have done in like that don't help you know you would the farming heard, industry you would have heard this term when you were young as much as I did bloody Greens or, or um, uh, what was it like fertilise the earth bulldozer greenie or like like I mean that's where I grew up you know in that sort of environment you know in a place where you yes. know the greenies were the enemy there was of fear. Right. There was fear that they were going to stop farmers from using the land to farm because of conservation. Right. You know, they wouldn't let them put in a dam. Like, no. if they put in this dam in this place, they would have had enough because water. Because of erosion. It. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, real issues, by the way. Absolutely. Well, yeah. But here's the thing that I would say about that is both of those people are right. Correct. Because here's the thing about the world. 
like what is important to me is not necessarily important to you. In fact, I was thinking about this the other day in relation to the Australian dollar. Mm-hmm. So the Australian dollar now is a bit down around 90 cents and going under that uh, in America. We're doing so well. I know. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Linz. Like my, you know, apartment in yes. West Hollywood, which was kind of an expensive apartment anyway, right. is now a really expensive apartment. Oh, bugger. <laughs> I've got to start earning some more American dollars. Darn it. <laughs> but... um. <laughs> But I was thinking that that period of time, like that last sort of three or four or five years, I mm-hmm. probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing in America if it hadn't coincided with... If it had been imperative for that time. Because, in fact, it was over. It was a dollar ten at one stage. That's right. Yeah, so yeah. me going to America at the time I went over there was the best time in my entire life. Right. And I didn't have, like, if it had been, if I was paying... The instead of was free back then. Basically, they were giving you money, right? And massages. <laughs> they were just like, "Please give me one of your Australian dollars." Fantastic. <laughs> They're made of plastic. They're from the future. Oh, it's got a window in it. Um, <laughs> so I probably wouldn't have been able to do it. I probably wouldn't have been able to afford right. to do it if it was today. Now I'm now established enough that I can afford to do it. But well, you time that well. Yeah, I mean, I could have done with a few more. Like, I'm not <laughs> earning as much over there as I am here. <laughs> more years, Grace would have gone right. nice. Wouldn't have hurt. <laughs> I could have waited days. until I was earning more money in America than I was back here. <laughs> that would have been perfect. <laughs> but at the same time, the worst thing for my dad and my brother's business over the last three or four years, the dairy yeah. industry is the high Australian dollar. Yeah. They have been going through three of you know three or four years of hard luck that has nothing to do with the way they do their job. No. Right? They're doing their job better or at least the same as they were before. I totally relate to what you're saying. But because of the nature of the dollar, Mm. they were being – so we're in the same family, right? Yeah. So what was good for me – was mm-hmm. not good for them. There you go. And we love each other. We want, but we just had things that in our lives are different. Different that circumstances economically that created a uh, vortex of different. But I was so frustrated with the major political parties this year that I had to vote Green because when it came to mm-hmm. the environment and it came to refugee policy and it came to gay marriage, which are the three things that three I personally yeah. am very concerned about, sure. um, they were the only party that really... Absolutely. But over the years, like, I have voted all over the place. I am a genuinely a I'm swinging a, voter I'm a because... I'm from my back. Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, but a voter as well. Sorry. A uh, swing around a vote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Sorry, not was, on the same day. It's daydreaming. Because you can just... <laughs> <laughs> Fortunate to have fit in Just some. doing some private polling of my own, if you know what I'm saying. Hey, hey. <laughs> All right, let's get to this uh, oh, yeah, light yes, side of life after that political rant. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Sorry, guys. Don't, don't panic. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, light side of life. Uh, British intelligence officers in World War I suspected two cats and a dog of carrying messages from the Germans across British lines, documents reveal. <sighs> National Archive documents published yesterday say officers saw the animals repeatedly crossing British lines in July 1915 and suspected they were being used by the Germans. Interesting. Two cats and a dog, German spies <laughs> during like the war. I like it. Lab reports and uh, cat scans. I, I, I find this hard to believe. <laughs> I've, it, it would make more sense that these animals were going back and forth, getting fed from different people and living in a world where there was no other way to get fed. Right? And maybe the cats and the dogs didn't know there was a war on because they're cats and dogs. Yeah. And they probably don't read any of the papers. Uh, who? I mean, a dog? Yeah. Like if it was three dogs or if it was like a dog and two pigeons. But I think when if they If it was anything that was known. Two pigeons. If it was anything known for its homing ability. Yes. But it's two fucking cats. Yeah. How do you train a cat? That's all that sentence. How do you train a cat? (laughs) Let alone how do you train a cat to be a spy? Hippus, take this message across the line. Are you honestly telling me you can train a cat to go across enemy lines and it's not just going to wander off to one of their soldiers and get on his lap and then be like, oh, hang on, I've got Hitler's plans. (laughs) Why? They put them on a cat. Yeah. I accidentally went and the cat came over and sat on my lap and I had all of Hitler's plans. Although, War's over. If you think about it, every sort of evil dictator depicted in the movies has, uh, has, a, a, cat. has a cat. Yeah, stroking the, a cat though. They're yeah. not. 
I suppose. Like I've never seen a movie where they've, you know, been stroking a cat. Oh, maybe unless like it's Braille or something. On the, <laughs> right. You put the message in in Braille. It's very painful for the cat. <laughs> it's taken a while for this story to come out, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, they had to wait for the cats and dogs to die. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't know. To be respectful. No, it's archives, mate. They've found some uh, National Archive documents that have just been published. Right. So they're obviously classified up until this time. It seems it seems ridiculous, but I mean, it sometimes seems silly the more me. ridiculous it seems, it could have actually happened. I mean, I know that they do use animals in war zones. Yeah, but not as, like, messengers. And well, not cats. I mean, pigeon, but not cats. A cat's no. got a message. There goes a mouse. The message is fucked. Right. Like, no, one's, no one's getting a message. Right. The cat's eating the mouse and laying under the tree. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was meant to get this message 12 hours ago for the battle. Ah, oh. oh, the cat had a sleep. Sorry. It was sunny and there was a footpath. <laughs> Sorry. War's over. Oh. Trusted a cat. It's a catastrophe. <laughs> So there you go. How's your new house? Oh, I love it. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. We've been so you've just months. moved in. Yeah, really. Well, just, for, yeah, four just months. gone four months. Yeah, mm, and it's it. bigger. Yes, yes. and uh, you were doing a bit of renovation and stuff yeah, as well. We, I saw on Facebook. Put in, put in a new kitchen. Yeah. Oh, hey? how much of that did you put in? How much of an adult have I turned into? I'm excited about my new kitchen. Yeah, fair um, I did probably a. Th- third of the work. Okay. That's uh, pretty that's a lot. Well, I I totally extracted the old kitchen. Uh, okay. And then that seems like the easier part of it. Yes and no. If, if I was, if someone was going to, oh yeah, because there's still kitchen shit that it's attached to, right? Absolutely. It's not like you can just get yeah. there and smash the fuck out. Oh of no, it. no. I took it all apart like Lego, like the the bits and pieces as they were put in. It's now you know in storage as it was. Right. Uh, and then I, obviously when you take tiles off walls and stuff, so I had to replace chip rock and. I was extending the place where the fridge goes and the bulkheads had to come out, which means taking all the corners off. And you know, I, I did not two, hear a word of I what you just two, said. I, two walls Are out. you talking in a foreign language? No. Mate, this is Australia. Sorry. If I you should... don't want to speak bloody Australian, wait, wait, then bloody I, go back to your own country I needed to be using with your jip rock and your cornices. I've and got tradie accent. Here, right, this will on. help. This will okay, help. Here we go. So I'll take the jip rock out and fix up the cornices, right? <laughs> two walls had to come down. Now you're with me. You totally understand. <laughs> I think your tradie might be doing meth. <laughs> think you, That's think why you, I did it myself. <laughs> you see what's happened? <laughs> so then a professional company fit the new kitchen uh-huh. uh, and then I had to redo cornices and fix the ceiling and all that You're sort of stuff. such a man, Lindsay. Put in the electrics for the island bench and all that sort of stuff. I like that. I like yeah. it. I could not do any of that oh, stuff. It was really cool. But yeah. I was rushing to get it done leading into Adelaide Fringe. Right. And Oh, you know, it's just. Staying. It's not your traditional warm up for no. a fringe festival, is no. it? Installing a kitchen. I was getting did you get any material night. out of it? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I did. <laughs> we just That's all right then. Main motivation yeah. for doing it. Yeah. <laughs> It was actually quite good because when I did the There was show actually a night, guy there to do it, but you're like, no, fuck, no, I need. Whoa, whoa. Whoa. Tiger. You can just fix up any mistakes. I need some material. You know, you know what's funny is that the tradies that did come to the house, because I had yep. to get a plumber at stages and the electrician at stages and, and the kitchen people that came to fit the stuff, and then a different set of people come and fit the stone bench tops and all that yeah, sort of thing. Sure. They all ask you, you know, oh, what do you do, mate? Because you're there during the day. Oh, yeah, these, yeah, right. These tradies are used yeah. to working in empty houses where there yeah. might be, you know, mum or some kids or something, but, uh, you know, the dad being in the house is a bit rare for them. Yeah, they want to say, what, yeah, well, well, what are you doing? Yeah, what do you do? Oh, I work at night. Oh, all right, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what do sort you do? Of work? Yeah, yeah, what do you do? And then. Can you get me some meth? Oh, <laughs> you know, oh no, I'm a bit busy. Uh, and you have to, oh, you know, you don't have to be, but I, I feel like you should be just honest and tell them what you do. So I tell them, I'm a, yeah. I'm a comedian. Uh, launch the questions. You know, then they want to know everything about it, which I understand because you don't meet a comedian every day when you go out to do stuff. You know, there's not tons and tons of comedians around because the next question is, what, full time? Right. Like, yes. I know people are like, mate, I can afford a kitchen. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, not fully installed. I'm good for this. But, <laughs> but like, you know, enough. Keep going. <laughs> My wife's got a job too. <laughs> it's all right. I could probably get the kids in some commercials. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be okay. But then they're just asking heaps of questions. Okay, what do they ask? Fine. What are the uh, questions? You know, what are sort of things? So where do you work, you know? Oh, yeah, okay. Where do you work? Just What uh, do you say to that? If they say, So if I say, uh, where do you work, mate? 
Oh, my standard answer has become oh, 60% of the time I'm here in southeast Queensland and the rest of it I'm somewhere in, in around Australia or overseas. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. that's good. Which kind of covers it and they go, oh, all right. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. The next question is, do you do that Melbourne Comedy Festival? Do you do that, Mom, do you do that Melbourne Comedy Festival? Mate? <laughs> yeah, that's their next question. Yeah. Right? And I say, yeah, and they go, oh, yeah, I watch that on TV every year. Yeah. The gala, that yeah, name. that's the festival yeah. to them. Oh, to that, a lot of people, Lindsay. That is the entire thing. A lot of people say that to me. They go, I saw you at the festival. Yeah. And I say, oh, which show? Oh, you I, know, you did that I, thing I, about baby chantos. What, I, on TV four I, years ago? I'm Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you, but I saw you. Um, and then if they're really interested, then yep. the, then the, the questions I'd, I quite enjoy answering come out. Like, how do you get me material and what sort of stuff do you do? Okay, what do you say when someone asks you? Because people do ask me that as well. They're like, how You're do you right. get your material? Like, what, what my, would you stand My stand first it? answer has become I like to play with the crowd on the night uh-huh. and ask them a lot of questions and make comedy out of that. And, and then I tell them just by observation. And everybody seems to understand what observational comedy is these days. Right. If you tell them and a lot of people go, oh, you mean like Seinfeld? And you go, yeah, sure. That's sure. observational That'll comedy. That'll do. You know, that's, they're getting it. What the fuck would you know? They're That'll do. They're that's comedy. Yeah. You've identified stand-up comedy. So. Yeah. well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> you've identified <laughs> the most prominent stand-up comedian in the world. <laughs> yeah. So at least you've named one, sure, but, like Seinfeld. I, I think probably, though, with when Seinfeld was on telly, it probably did expose people to a lot of observational comedy that Hadn't right, necessarily, they hadn't been exposed particularly to because before, you know, it, particularly because it had that sort of like mm. that him doing stand up in the yeah. show. Yeah. Whereas I grew up listening to Murphy and Williams and you know that sort of stuff and and the lawyers, and, Murphy and Williams. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah, those guys. Really good. Yeah, really if good. You've really hurt good. yourself, as a matter of fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give them a call, Murphy and Williams. <laughs> It's a one eight hundred. Murphy Williams and Associates, I think they are <laughs> yeah. now. But I'm oh, Murphy Williams and Sons, I believe. Actually. Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So moving on, new generation. Really nice. Oh yeah, lovely people. Really quite helpful. <laughs> So that's that's how I kind of brush over those ends because you don't want to bore people with stuff. You know, after so many years of doing comedy, I can literally talk about it for hours and hours because yeah, it's course. fascinating. There's so many things that you've done and seen and experienced. That We were um, having a conversation just on the balcony uh, before the podcast about my show and how hmm. uh, how – it was, it's really weird to me. Like, we had, like, a 20-minute conversation then about what I think is going on under the show, yeah. the stuff that I don't think people will see, yeah. you know, the idea that I'm talking about the nature of storytelling and the nature of truth mm. and how I'm executing that. And, and I was kind of explaining to you that it's kind of half – it's kind of like a – the weird thing about the show is I imagined when I first – I always say that the first night of the tour is the only night that people get to see – what for three months I thought the show was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Exposing your mental like, image of Because, like, for three do. months I've been working on this thing going, all right, this is what I think the show is. This is what I'll do. And I do it once and then it's oh, never like that again. Oh, there's things I didn't want to do. It's amazing. Like, yeah. after that it's everybody's show. It's it the is. world's show. It's yeah, its own right. show. Mm. And you let it become its own thing. And I was saying to you, this show more than any other show I've done is – constantly amazing me because what I learned out of the improv shows I did in Sydney was so much. Like I thought that yeah. was – but I have, out of those eight hours, I am using one joke I think now Is that right? out of that. Even though I love those shows. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it was more how the shows worked and, and, and what it, where I was going with the comedy and, and stuff like that. Did you find like more that. of a rhythm with doing those shows than I definitely think the material? So. Yep. Yeah. And the confidence to explore an idea. I can and, relate to that. Um but the other thing was I envisaged this show because basically, I'd like you know, because I wanted to be able to do some late night sets and stuff in the yeah. US this year. Yeah. So I thought I'll write like, you know, the show will be like thematic, but it'll also be say like six to ten, you know, ten to six minute bits yeah. that have kind of a start, so beginning and the end. So you can use at the right. late night Scalas and you. whatever, yeah. right? At the Melbourne Comedy Festival. <laughs> yeah. That one on the TV. <laughs> you know, complete routines, The right? baby bit. Yeah. <laughs> that baby Chino. Why did you just do that again? Yeah, that you can't. And you didn't even do that, baby. Love that bit. I loved it. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, um, How did he get in here? I don't know, but he's angry. <laughs> Calm down, mate. You can find it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Go in the corner, watch it on your phone. We've got work to do. Um, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but instead, it's not that at all. That, right. The first night, that's kind of what it is. But instead, I was saying to you that on the balcony that um, people who've heard me talk about how influential Billy Connolly was mm-hmm. to my career and certainly to my life and how upset I was when I heard that he was ill last year. Very sad. Um, it's, 
it's almost like it's my tribute to Billy Connolly. And I mean that not only in the way that it's really only two or three stories, mm-hmm. like a lot of diversions and a lot of, but it's like a really, it's only, it's kind of like this big sort of rambly, but it's not right. at all. Mm. Like it's, it's, it's meant to be a rumination on the idea of stories and storytelling and how we get our truth from stories and how, you know, like it doesn't really, I don't think it really necessarily matters if, you know, things are a hundred percent true, if sure. they're really true. You know, I've come for a laugh anyway. And all those sort of things that I learned very much from Billy Connolly right. and what he does with his work. So it's just really surprising to me that like two and a half weeks ago, I thought this was I've, – I've loved doing almost every show of this run. Like mm-hmm. I've had such a good time and uh, and it's nothing like what I thought it was going to be. That's great though, isn't it? I mean, I, it is great. That, it, I couldn't I, be more excited. I, I think it's better than what – like I think what it's become – is a much better idea right. than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and you probably could never have thought of doing it the way that you're doing it without it having just come about through having a crack at the show. I think that that probably is right. Because I wrote everything on theme, mm. I was amazed that when I started telling the story that a lot of – because I'm, like, toying with the idea of meaning and truth and stuff, some of the things I was writing about climate change or religion uh-huh. or any of those things fit really nicely just into the story. Absolutely, yeah. Because right. – they're all about this idea of why do we believe what we believe what and do we believe? who do we believe yeah. and you know, whether it's an Andrew Bolt or whether it's a, someone else. Yep. Like why do we trust a Andrew Bolt over a scientist? You sure. know? Yeah, that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's really – it's just interesting that like I should be the expert. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've been in comedy for nearly 20 years. Th- I've right. worked so hard on this show and I had no fucking idea what it was going to be. <laughs> Isn't that great, though? It's amazing. Like, it's amazing to me. It still stuns me every year that you're like, think you the show, being... if you listen to the show, the show will tell you what it needs to be. Yeah, right. I, I think you're probably being rewarded for your dedication, to be honest. I think if it, I think if it almost 20 years, you can put that sort of commitment and effort into, you know, being better or being, you know, true to what you want to be. Then you'll be rewarded with getting that. Like, well, that's just, what I was, You're not just sitting back going, "I sell tickets, dear. I'll right. just bang out a show." You know, well, that's what you I want to do a show. That's what I was saying to you on the balcony was this idea of all these things that I think are going on underneath this. Yeah, and there's a lot, and some that I can't explain here because it will give away. Oh, you know, take too long. Yeah, but it, <laughs> it will also give away parts of the show which Absolutely. I don't want to do. Spoilers. But there's kind of clues within the show about hmm. the nature of what I'm talking about. Yeah, pay attention. But I was saying to you that. I don't care if people don't get them. And it I don't matter. want it to be one of those shows that at the end, you know, the lights come down and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Johnny Cash's hurt place. <laughs> and I cut the meaning into my arm, like truth and lies, Ooh. and just stand there bleeding Why? to hurt. <laughs> Where's my award? <laughs> I wanted to feel just like a, a fun... Someone said something nice online. I don't normally take too much, you know, because the people say mean things and nice sure. things online. But someone said after the Brisbane show on Wednesday night, which was probably my favourite show that I've done so far on the run. Cool. Um, and it kind of came after my least favourite show. Like I got here on the Tuesday. It's weird. Yeah. Book in. You saw me after that and <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Because I had such good – I took your scissors, actually. I'd had two good weeks in – oh, I need them for the end of the show. <laughs> I have truth and lies into my arm. <laughs> Um, so I was Tuesday night. I just didn't know if I'd hit a weird night with an audience, which was your first night at the Brisbane, in Brisbane Festival, right? off the back of two weeks in Adelaide. Loved it in Adelaide. Loved yeah. where it was going. Felt like it improved every night. Felt like it was going closer and closer to what I wanted to do every night. Um, hit Brisbane, had a shitty first night, not shitty, but a hit and miss first night yeah. and wondered whether it was, is the show not where I thought it was? Mm-hmm. Or did you know? Sometimes you just get a night where, for whatever reason, the crowd sat on a funny angle. Right. It just yeah. and my, my guess is, based on the the other two nights I've had since then, mm-hmm. that funny angle. Yeah. Yeah. So Wednesday was probably my favourite night I've done of the show so cool. far. And a dude uh, tweeted afterwards. He said, uh, "Tonight, uh, Will made one of the hardest jobs in the world look very easy." Oh. And I was like. I like that. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want people to come it's and a nice see a show where it's like at the end, like, you know, it is really one of the. And here's what you should have learned from this show. <laughs> yeah. I want that stuff to be there, mm. but I want it to be there only if the audience take, wants to. Take it or leave it. Right. And you're still. Otherwise, you can you just come and have a good time. Yeah. Winner. Winner, winner. Anyway, enough of that. I don't, people don't. I'm so sorry. I always talk about the 
I guess because when you're in the middle of things, you... People do want to know, really. I don't know. I don't know. I hear about these. I don't know. Whatever. Let's talk about something else. All right. Uh, What's been going on with you? We've got about 10 minutes because then we (laughs) have to go. We've both got gigs tonight. Oh, apart from... Oh, let's talk about Melbourne because I want to give your Melbourne show a big plug. So you're going down to Melbourne to do uh, your show, which is called... Uh, What's your name? What do you do? Yeah. Now, which is the best fucking title for a show ever. I love it so much. Thanks. Like, it's just... It's just such, a, particularly because you're such a master improviser. Thank you. And because that is the classic, what's your name, what do you yeah. do? Yeah. Uh, but also because for years I've always teased you about, <laughs> yeah. what did you do tonight? Did you do some of that, what's your name, what do you do? Hey, you doing that stuff? And the only reason I tease you is I love doing that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's First 10 fun. minutes of my show is what's your name, what, what do you, do? you do? <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Copy your show. I should, my show should be like, it should be called Willuminati, 10%, what's your name, what do you do? <laughs> Make and take traces of what you know. Make what and take. Make and take. Somewhere between 5 and 10%. What's your name? What do you do? No artificial questions. <laughs> I love it. Um, so where are you doing it in Melbourne? At the Swanston Hotel. Now, so Swanston, Swanston Street? Street? Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. And so that's near the town hall somewhere, it is. isn't it's it? It's a new venue. It, it hasn't been a festival venue before. Okay, so cool. It's, it's a new one. And uh, when, you're there for the last two weeks? Is I that am, what you're from, doing? The 8th, from the 8th of April through until the 20th, but not on the Monday. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah okay, cool. Nice yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Nine um, o'clock. Nine o'clock? Yeah, nine o'clock. Okay, that's a good time slot. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like a nine o'clock show. I mean, I think sometimes on like a Wednesday and a Thursday or like a, you know, like it can be maybe a Sunday. Do you do a nine o'clock on a Sunday or uh, an eight o'clock? No, it's nine o'clock still. Yeah, so Sunday. nine o'clock on a Sunday. The, it's, it's some of late. those shows can be a little bit yeah. late. But I think, you know, your big nights, your, your cheap Tuesdays and your Absolutely. Fridays and Saturdays and stuff, nine good o'clock fun. shows are awesome. Yeah, yeah. I like I like that time of night. And I've done different times. I did the first year there, I did 6.30. And... It's early. It's know, early. Getting people there and people have got other things on their mind when Plus they come if, in. Yeah. Like yeah. they've just come from work. Absolutely. They're on their way home. Yeah. They're going to see a show on their way on home. The, that's right. But, you know, that was fun. So I'm expecting 9 o'clock to be lots of fun. I'm, and this show was awesome to do in Adelaide. It's the funnest show I've ever done. I really enjoy doing it. You know, every time Plus, I sign you know, up, come on, guys, go. Lindsay's got a kitchen to pay for. <laughs> yeah. Good. I've still got some He's got some tradies. To, <laughs> <laughs> there's some tradies in Queensland who can't buy an iced coffee right now. I owe a lot of iced coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if you can come and help out. Some of those guys are down to four pies a day. They are. And they're reading last week's zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Poor bastards. It's like I haven't even seen <laughs> this week's strip search. <laughs> Could be somebody in my local area. <laughs> um... Uh, I, I should uh, mention uh, because people will be able to, um, well, in fact, who even knows by now. But oh no, I'm going to try to put this up like uh, early next week. I've been having trouble putting episodes up because uh. I'm in Australia in yes. a hotel, mm-hmm. and fuck, man, like Wi-Fi ain't what it used to be. <laughs> what the fuck happened? I don't know. Take my Wi-Fi, please. Yeah, like, it's weird, isn't it? Fucking hell! It's like we did a Wi-Fi swap with New Zealand. I, d- I do not know what is happening. Mm. Like I've sometimes I'm having trouble logging on, I, let alone trying to upload a podcast. Has it got something to do with you know rolling out the NBN in areas and other things taking a hit? Like, I don't know. Are a, they re, are they taking stuff back? I don't know. Are they rolling it out with the stuff that was here <laughs> last time I stayed here? <laughs> <laughs> have they taken Wi-Fi from this building <laughs> to put it in the country? <laughs> that doesn't seem how the system should work. <laughs> that seems like robbing Peter it's, to pay Paul. This is smoke and mirrors. <laughs> They're trying to push us west. <laughs> I um yeah, so it's it's been a bit hard. So I don't know when, um, but I, I'm going to go home for one night um, in between cool. uh, Brisbane and Melbourne. So because um, I open in Melbourne on Tuesday, so wow. so I'm going to go home on Monday night and download some shows off the cool. internet, <laughs> and, <laughs> and load some, some podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah I'm get, yeah. yeah fair swap. I'll take a bit off the internet yeah. and I'll put some stuff onto like the internet. Nightclub rules, right? <laughs> one in, one out. <laughs> So I've got two true detectives, a person of interest, um, some walking dead. So I'm going to have to load like five podcasts. Beauty. Cyber security will let you through. <laughs> uh-huh. I loaded the 100th episode um, uh, on my phone. 100. So, uh, yeah, this will be 101. Wow. This one. So what in Dalmatian? I, um, yeah, I loaded the uh, 100th episode on my phone. So Did it I work? Have- Oh, it worked, yeah, but cool. I don't have any fucking idea what that's going to cost me. Like, oh, of course. Yeah, oh, right. Ridiculous. Oh, yeah, that I'm sure. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyway. <laughs> You'll be okay. Had to do it. Yeah. 
People are happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, uh, so I, um, we're doing a live TOEFOP. We're doing yeah. a live, first ever live TOEFOP. How exciting is this? Yeah, um, so it's the last uh, Saturday. Yes. Um, I'm assuming when you hear this, if I do get this up on Monday or Tuesday, I think tickets are... Tickets are going on sale on Monday, Monday or Tuesday. We're just waiting back to hear from, like, you know, the ticketing agency. Right. And all. It's out of our hands How now. But, in Town Hall? Uh, yeah, Town Hall. So um, the Supper Room. Great. 11.15 Easter Saturday. Woo-hoo. Charlie's back, uh, which is so exciting. Cool. And it's the day Jesus, you know. It's when Jesus <gasps> came back too. Charlie. So it's like, yeah. It's where <laughs> I love it. I feel like it's very, very symbolic. It. That's great. Uh, we're going to have some guest Charlies as well. I mean, as part of our guests, but uh, there'll be a big bunch of Charlie and I obviously in it because this is the first time we've got to do a TOEFOP together for, uh, well, and, you know, like, not quite years. two years, yeah. but like a long time. Absolutely. We've done now more episodes of FOFOP than we ever did of TOEFOP. Oh, so. it's an overtaken now. Yeah. There you go. So there might actually be some people who come and go, who the fuck's that guy? <laughs> who is this dude? I want a guest Charlie. I didn't want actual Charlie. <laughs> Charlie is Charlie a guest Charlie? Is that's what happening? Well, he can be guest Charlie Charlie. Yeah, guest Charlie Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, that's really exciting. So um, I think those tickets will go pretty quick. Uh, they're, uh, only, yeah. they're only twenty five bucks. Um, we are giving all the profits we make from the show to the Royal Children's Hospital oh, appeal. Good on you. Yeah. Um, well, A, we wanted to do it. It's an extra thing, you know, yeah. like, uh, you know, with this podcast, as everyone knows who listens to it, I do nothing but spend money on it and make nothing. So that, why would we stop doing that? Well, you make fun. I make fun. There you go. I give stuff back to the internet. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but also because Charlie's at Channel 7. I and idea. Channel 7, too. Yeah. Every, <laughs> every time you took something off the internet, you had to put you something, something back, back. in. I love it. Late at night, you're like, I want to download some porn off RedTube, but all right, have to write three minutes of jokes on Twitter. Here's, here's 20 pictures of my cat. <laughs> I would love if the internet became a barter system. Who runs Barter Town? <laughs> I think that's great. Oh, we need to start that. Yeah. Like, you know, like it would be It'll like work. the dark net, but we can have the barter net. Like an underground bar, don't tell anyone. Keep this quiet. Okay, cool. Cool. Oh, no, people can oh, hear yeah. about it. <laughs> but all you have to do is put something back in. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so um, we uh, we thought because uh, Charlie's at Channel Seven and they do mm-hmm. the Royal Children's Hospital appeal. Ah, that part of nice. us trying to get it across the line to do the show that was would enough. be let's you know donate all the money to their that charity. Karen did it. Nice that work. Helped. Yeah. So yeah, we good. thought about that. Well, everyone's winning there. Yeah, well, not us, but <laughs> no, I am winning. I get yeah, Charlie. Good though. times. Yeah, yeah, and you get to have some fun with Charlie. No, it's going to be absolutely cool fun. Yeah. Uh, we are recording it, but here's the thing. Right. So basically the agreement is that we're going to record it mm-hmm. and then uh, Channel 7 will get to listen to it, which yes. is what they got to do with my philosophy podcast that yes. I did with Charlie. And if they approve it, we can put it up. Right. Now, here's what I am going to say. <laughs> They're not going to approve it. If, not if it's a live. Not if it's a live. Charlie's. No. Wow. Those things. If anyone's heard the live one from the LA Podverse, <laughs> where we talk for about 20 minutes of which Batman we would fucking order, <laughs> I think you'll find that Channel 7 probably won't approve it. I think they play Batman on rerun, though, Channel 7. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do is, at the very least, we will record it. Right. And a couple of years down the track, if Charlie's allowed to come back and do the show, we'll have it as a thing yeah. to do. Yep. Um, if for whatever reason, you know, we can, but yep. we're not going to try. Like, it may be the only time that people hear it, basically, is right. what I'm saying. Good so, point. Yeah. So get it, get some tickets. Yeah. And we'll be doing set lists too. You're very excited about that. See, so, so Melbourne Comedy Festival, so oh let's God. quickly talk about this. We, yeah. have to, we have to finish up. Right but, on, right on. But, you know, we're getting to the we'll end run. anyway. So yeah, let's just talk sure. about the plugs in an entertaining way. All right. Not in a pluggy way. Woo-hoo. So firstly, <laughs> uh, my show, we told, talked about your show. My show starts next Tuesday, probably the day you, you're hearing this maybe if you download on the first day. Yeah. I'm at the uh, Comedy Theatre for Exciting. four weeks. Yeah. Uh, the first four nights, cheap previews, the uh, Friday night. Is my sorry, the first three nights of cheap previews. The Friday night is my opening night officially, my Woo-hoo. press night. So if you would like to come along and make a lot of noise, generally a fun night, press yeah, night. Yeah. Plus, if you're next to someone with like a notebook, hey! you're just, oh my god, this is probably Isn't this brilliant? I mean, do you see all the underlying things about storytelling and truth in this? The man's a genius. I mean, I can see it. I assume that a reviewer would also be seeing these things underneath, right? So many layers. So many layers. <laughs> my God. Write that down. So Write that many down. Layers. So many layers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's my answer. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, four weeks. Um, uh, we have, we basically have uh, 
if we sell every night, mm-hmm. we can as many people as saw the show last year can see the show this year. Great, but. If it gets to that sort of point where if people don't come early and then we get to last week, we're going to run out of space. So right. what I would say to people is get in. come early. The first four nights, like as I said, well, the first three nights, sorry, as I said, a preview. Cheapity cheeps. I've been doing the show for three weeks by then. Yeah, hardly a preview. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Right. You're Underlying. Sa- I'm just Underlying saying, message. Yeah. You're saving yourself some money. <laughs> come on the first three nights. You'll enjoy it. I get what he's saying. I don't have a show after me, so right. um, I'm not limited by – so particularly on those preview nights, I'm guessing – yeah, I'll do some yeah. extra stuff because I'm going to try everything before I kind of settle on what, you know, nice. my opening night version of what the show Melbourne will be. Yeah. So, um, and then uh, Setlist is doing the oh. Melbourne Comedy Festival, which we Yippee. both love. Yeah. And uh, we should do another one together. Yes. That was Definitely. fun that last was great year. Great fun. Yeah, we great. did one. Uh, and it's fun to do with another person. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's easier. <laughs> well, you know. Because when they're improvising, you can think of something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, some would argue that it's maybe not so easy. Um, someone else there. So, uh, so set list. And also um, uh, I am pro- producing fan fiction comedy again. I should mention that. They are coming down. They're doing an early slot this year. They're only doing two weeks towards the end. Right. So they're doing every night. Cool. I can say... Uh, it's pretty amazing this year. We've l- we've locked in for every show already. Great. One big guest, uh-huh. like either an international or like a person you oh, know off the Italian stuff. Oh, that's a good thing. And they're going to try to do on as well, they're going to try to use someone who's unknown. Is Reese Muldoon doing one? Oh, Reese Muldoon would be good actually. Okay, all right. I'll have to put him on the list as well. Thank you, Lindsay. <laughs> I appreciate right. that. We should finish up. Right up. I've got to have a shower before Thanks, I go mate. to this gig. It was lovely to have you on, as usual. Uh, people can find you at Lynn's Webb, right, on That's right, Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, and Lindsay uh, Webb Comedian at Facebook. Lindsay Webb Comedian on Facebook. Uh, as always, if you like the show, please rate it on iTunes, leave a nice review, and uh, that keeps it up the top of the charts. If you're in the US, I particularly encourage you to do that because obviously we don't really rate on the US charts. So the more, you know, people yeah. that listen and the more people that, you know, kind of give it a nice review on iTunes it helps get it out to more Americans um, obviously uh, listen to all the podcasts on the All Things Comedy Network which is the network I'm part of and they've been very supportive also of Good on them. getting my show out there but yeah, anyway we're going to wrap this up uh, thank you very much for listening guys thank you Lindsay I'll talk to you again sir been a pleasure 